Unfolding the eternal excellences, the hidden insights of the truth and the depth of the riches of wisdom and knowledge. The Bible says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have not pointed to your weaknesses. He says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have pointed to your strength. And this is your strength, that I am Christ in you, the hope of glory. The glory of freedom, the glimpses into eternity. The gospel is not supposed to be an assumption. It's not supposed to be just a mere presupposition. Truth is older than language, but the word of God is way deeper than any human language. And now, Apostle Grace with the word. Today, I want to preach from Hebrews chapter 11, the first verse. It's what I'm going to build from. One, two, three, let's go. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen. So it's the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. And where do I want to lay my emphasis? Now, faith is. Okay? My emphasis is on those three letters. That first word, now. And then it defines faith. Because many times, when we're defining faith, many define it as faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. But they miss out that word, now. Now faith. Now faith. Praise the Lord Jesus. It's not just connecting chapters and verses. There's something deep there that I want to show us. And this is where I begin the mystery from. Of course, God has ordained the times of men in those three dimensions. Past, present, and future. That's how human beings interpret time. You agree? We all interpret time according to the present, according to the past, or according to the future. That's chronos, chronology. That's earthly time. Heavenly time is not described or defined that way. Eternity is timeless. Are you following what I'm saying? But fundamentally, or even from a philosophical conversation, I would ask somebody the question, what is present? How do we define present? How do we define present time. Because when we talk about faith, now faith, we're talking about present time. How do we define present? Let me give you a reality that very few of you knew. The sun, which shines every day, is about 148.4, close to 500 million kilometers from the earth. Some of you knew, maybe some of you didn't. And with that 148.4, 500 some round of million kilometers from the earth, it shines to the earth. And we all know that light travels, or many of us know or should know, that light travels at about 300,000 kilometers per second. That's the speed of light. You could convert that in miles. So if you get the distance from the earth, 
to the sun and then divide it by the speed of light, your answer will be about 8 minutes and 30 seconds or 20 seconds, which means that from that point when light leaves the sun, a light beam leaves the sun, that one light beam and travels those 148.4 million miles to the surface of the earth at the speed of 300,000 kilometers per second. It means that one beam of light needs eight minutes and about 20 or 30 seconds to reach the earth. Are you following what I'm saying? So that one light beam from the sun, if you were to cut light into small little pieces and get that one piece leaving the sun, it would take it eight minutes and 30 seconds to reach the earth. So when that light comes to you, it started eight minutes and 30 seconds before. So that means by the time it bounces on the earth, it's the past. Who understands what I'm saying? But that's where you quantify time and look on your watch and say it is 2 p.m., it's 3 p.m., it's midday. But that which you called midday happened 8 minutes, 30 seconds, or 20 seconds before. So if the sun on the earth was to stop shining, you would get to know 8 minutes, 30 seconds after. If God was to say, let me take the sun out, you would get to know 8 minutes and 30 seconds after it went out. So that means to the sun, you live in the past. Do you understand what I'm saying? Let me make it even worse for you. When you look at stars, the nearest star scientists can connect or see, you would need at least four years for light to come from it to touch the Earth's surface. That means the light you see on a certain star up there left four years ago that if that star was to dim out and died, it would take you four years to see its death. Bless your present world. Who understands what I'm saying? That's your present world? That's your present world. So that means your present world is actually a past experience when it comes to the constellations of the earth. Do you understand what I'm saying? So then what is present? What is present? When perhaps everything you are living into and define as your present is actually past scientifically. Mathematically and otherwise. So we need to have a deep conversation on that. Everything that I speak, the moment I speak it and I'm done speaking a word, it has already belonged to the past. Since what present is an ever-happening experience in your life, it's like a window, it's like a portal open to you in every moment of your lifetime. And many people define present moments 
according to the past of the world. That means that the world moves ahead and faster than many people here. Now, if you function after the world, you cannot understand the way of faith. Because every time you create a now, according to the interpretation of the pattern of the world, you are actually speaking into the past. And faith was not created to work in the past. Who understands what I'm saying? If somebody has fallen sick, you cannot believe they had not fallen sick. They could not fall sick. Faith does not work in the past. It works in the present. In fact, faith was not created to work for the future. That's a fallen language. That's why I tell us Hebrew does not usually speak of the future. It addresses the future in the present tense as a finished work, as a done thing. Because faith was created by God to operate in the now, in the present realm, the present tense. Faith works only in the present tense, not the past and not the future. You were not meant to put faith in the years to come. God has not designed faith to speak in the language of the future. He has designed faith to speak now. Like God said, let there be light on the earth. And he spoke of the sun, the moon, and the stars on the fourth day. And he said, and these shall be for signs, for days, for seasons, for years, for the sons of men. And one will rule for their night and one will rule for their day. Like he created those lights on the earth. Eternity too has a light. And the light of the eternal life or eternal realm is truth. Truth is the light of eternity. That timeless world. Who is following what I'm saying? And so because truth is the light of the eternal realm, and you are a child born from eternity. When you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, your inheritance is eternal. It's called eternal life. You obtain life from that realm. It means that every time you come on the earth to participate, you can only participate in what you are able to create in that present as eternity would define it. So truth defines your present. Who has understood what I said? The doctor might say that you're suffering from this disease. But you see, by the time they get to say that you're suffering from this disease, you must realize that there was a work in the past. They can't diagnose you of a disease in the future. They must have a past story, either of your genes or whatever your body picked up a few weeks, months, days, hours ago. Do you understand what I'm saying? Everything diagnosed in your body, if you're sick or when you're sick, is in the past. Huh if you have understood this. Every frustration you're going through right now, whether it's financial or otherwise, it's in the past. Do you understand what I'm saying? Every trouble of your mind is in the past. Every circumstance that frustrates you and challenges you, by God, it's already in the past. And you cannot create faith by living there. Do you understand what I'm saying? Faith cannot work when you go back to the past. Because you see, if you go to tell somebody, you know, they diagnosed me with this disease. That's a report of the past. It's not the report of the present. It's the report of the past. But 
as you speak and as you understand, you can import that report to the present world too by accepting what you are diagnosed of. You have literally combined your past and the present. And many of you, your past and present are actually one. You just don't know. You just don't know. That is why you live behind the world. You are slower than the earth. And some men have caught up with the earth. Some are living above the earth. But the biggest percentage of the men in the world are behind the earth. They're behind its elements. The Bible tells us that when you were children, you were bound by the elements of this world. What does that mean? They dictated your life. They dictated your plans. They dictated your dreams. They dictated your aspirations. They are called the beggarly elements whereunto you were bound. But this is why, because you did not know God, everything you see happening in the world is in its past tense for you. There is time and light years of things that were created and the consequence thereof in its manifestation, many of you call present as it evolves and happens before your eyes. But as it evolves and happens before your eyes, it is not so for everyone on the earth. That's why right now in the evening, some of you are going to sleep. But there's somewhere in the world right now where some people have just woken up. Their day is beginning as yours is going to sleep. Now imagine if that world is determining the world that has woken up now as you've closed business today. The world that has woken up now is determining the state of the currency you're going to use tomorrow morning. It means you're going to be 24 hours behind their schedule. You're going to open your shop in a world they have already designed. You're going to transfer money. You're going to transact business in a world they have already determined. The dollar rate is going to change in one nation before it changes in Uganda. Because now it's close of business. Do you understand what I'm saying? And you have to wait tomorrow to open business for you to adopt what changed hours earlier. And then you inherit that and want to build empires on that. You want to build a life on that. You want to build dreams on that. What about that man? Which plan on what exchange rate you planned? That man who determined on what exchange rate you transacted that property that day. Where is he in this equation? You see what I'm saying? So you have to enter the matrix of how the world works and understand that there are people who are ahead of others in many ways. And then you find it's those nations that are richer or more developed than the other nations. Why? Because they are redeeming time in ways many of us have not understood. And they've designed systems that we only inherit what they have designed for us. We can only receive what is obsolete, what no longer works for them. And then you find a generation that is indebted with so much pressure and frustration because they don't even know how to function in that world anymore. How can I build a house in this economy? How can I buy land in this economy? How am I going to take my children to school in this economy? How am I going to do this and that in this economy? And yet in a certain world, there's a parent who doesn't think about school fees. Whether secondary or university. 
because it's in the responsibility of that nation. And there's a reason why that nation has the ability and this nation might not have. So we're talking about liberation, deliverance. And now you understand what I'm saying. Because if we're trying to deliver our people into the mindset that will catch up and people are still going for overnight to break that thing of the great-grandfather's cousin, uncle's auntie, which was sent to them in 1962. And we are all living on the same earth. <laughs> this that I'm speaking, not many people are able to understand, especially if you slept hungry last night. You can't understand it if you have an outstanding loan with a landlord. It's harder to understand it. Because the God you want to appear is the God who can pay rent, not lend to a nation. Very few can understand what I'm saying. Come on, somebody. Shake yourself and say, God, help me. God is pushing some of us. <laughs> and some of us are either catching up or leading. No, no, no. When we talk about leadership, some of you understand it from the votes of men. No, no, no. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about what God is putting on some of you. Seest thou a man diligent in his work? For that man shall stand before kings and not before mean men. That man is elevated because of the power of the language he's able to speak. You see, I'm going to tell you a mystery that I never want you to forget. And it's one thing one day I want to have a deep conversation on. You know the systems that built the world? Greek philosophy, Greek mythology, Egyptian mythology, Persian Zoros. These are the foundations on which the world is built. All the systems of a world like you see. You see? Mesopotamian wisdom. And it is amazing, this is amazing, that one time I was reading an ancient text, an ancient text, and they said that the kings of long ago, whether from the Egyptian or Mesopotamian or Greek or wherever, they used to design many steps in their palaces. They used to design many steps from where the throne was to where the people were. And in the days of Pharaoh, there were usually about 70 steps. The pharaohs used to build 70 steps. And these 70 steps represented the 70 languages known in the earth. If a common man wanted to speak to the king and they spoke, a normal, they only knew one language, they only took three steps. And the king would go down as well, four steps, and they would leave the rest of the steps. And then you communicate to the king afar. When you were a noble person, a noble prince, somebody of reputation, regardless of the language you had, you were allowed to at least move 37 steps. Why were you allowed to move at least 37 steps? Because the honor that is bestowed on you by right of where you're positioned in life could actually qualify you for certain languages, even if you're not able to speak them, because the power on your life can command them. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because certain powers can command certain languages, even though you don't know how to speak them. Certain graces can command certain languages, even though they are not spoken. You understand what I'm saying? So if you know the power of language, you know what I mean. And of course it's hard when you're dealing with a third or fourth dimensional language. And that's all you know, you cannot appreciate. It's like sometimes when I find people speaking English, 
Some people think actually English is the most spoken language in the world. No, it is third. The first is in Mandarin. 1.3 billion people on the earth speak Mandarin. About 401 something million people on the earth speak Spanish. Your English is 372 something million. That's where you English speaking, colonized by the British are. But you think that the whole world knows English. So it's not more powerful than Spanish. And neither is it more powerful than Mandarin. You see? And it shocks you why China is richer than any nation in the world. <laughs> I think you can reconcile, can't you? You can. You can understand why China is the richest nation in the world. It's lending fourth dimensional language nations. <laughs> it's lending fourth dimensional, third dimensional speaking nations. Now, if a man spoke all the 70 known languages of that time, that man was allowed to take every step to the 70. Those are the only people who are allowed to be closest to the king. They earned their right. Do you understand what I'm saying? They earned their right. Now, we might not learn every language. And right now as I'm speaking, there are more than 70 languages in the world. Do you understand what I'm saying? But there's something God has placed in your spirit. You see, there's that portion of scripture that said that there is no nation, no place where their voice is not heard. There's no speech, no language where their voice is not heard. There's no speech or language where their voice is not heard. They did not necessarily learn the language of the people, but they have something in their voice where every language hears them. Ah! And until you connect into that cord, you don't have a place to lead the world. There's no provision for you to be among the first. Yet he promised that the first shall be last. Because he gave us something in scripture that can allow us to connect into that realm. In the fundamental pillars to connect to this cord, faith is. Faith is one of those pillars. Faith is one of those fundamentals you should understand. I don't know how to explain it. But faith is. Faith is. It gives you a language that, because you see, if a blind man sees, it doesn't matter whether you're in Germany and you can't speak German. They understand the power that opens a blind eye. Who has understood what I just said? If you raise the dead, it doesn't matter whether you have that language or you don't. They can interpret and say, this one has raised a dead person in their own language. And this annoying doesn't care whether you spoke it in Swahili and the man you're praying for is speaking Vietnamese. Come on, somebody. That is why I feel sorry for people who think that you have to adjust to their pronunciation to connect to power. Hey, no, he's supposed to be Yeshua. If you don't call him Yeshua, I tell you no. You bring your Yeshua language and I'll bring my Yesu and then we put a lame guy there and when we see who this crippled man will hear. He appeared to us as Yesu. He's not bound by the pronunciation. He's bound by the revelation. He's bound by the revelation. Oh my God, I feel something. Can somebody receive it? Father, I thank you.
because it is ours for the taking. Say amen. Say amen. Now let's continue. So when I said that truth is the light of the eternal realm, and this is a thing that comes in and was given by God to you to be able to arrest anything and define it as present in the world that I have explained, even by its constellations, that you're living in the past. It means that if you do not know how to apply it, then you're either going to be applying your faith to the past or you don't even understand the concept of faith. That is why when Paul is speaking in Philippians chapter 3, verses 13, he says, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended. I know I've not gotten all I'm supposed to get. But this one thing I do, I forget those things which are behind me. And he says, reaching forth unto the things which are before me. Why is he not looking in the past? His spirit is connecting to the timings of the spirit. And we can relate that many things are actually past or passing away. Every second that counts right now has passed away. It's in the past. And Paul says, I might not get everything as I ought to, but I forget those things that are behind me. When I am connecting to God, I look at things ahead and not things behind me. Of course, some of you interpret that portion of scripture only in the challenges you had in your past. If you have history, you say, I've forgotten it. And I say, oh, it's okay for revelation, for you to interpret in that realm. But even to the deeper realm, Paul is telling you he does not function in anything behind the real timing of the Spirit. Because you can never understand true timing again, I said, until you learn to function in the eternal realm. Because in the eternal realm, the currency of that light is truth. Once truth comes, it is bound to perform at that immediate second, hour, millisecond. At that moment, somebody shout hallelujah. But the problem is that if your optics see things from the past and then you don't feel the change in your body, then you say, oh, because I did not feel the change, maybe I am not healed. Uh, again, how are you judging your healing by the past? Who understands what I'm saying? Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 17, if I read from the Amplified Version, he said, for our light affliction, momentary affliction, this slight distress of the passing hour, whatever you're going through, Paul has called it light affliction, which is but for a moment, that it has a fixed moment in life. And the moment it happens, it now has started to write itself against the will of the past, not the present and the future. He says, for our light momentary affliction, this slight distress of the passing hour, he's talking about the past, is ever more abundantly preparing and producing and achieving for us an everlasting weight of glory beyond all measure, excessively surpassing all comparisons and all calculations, a vast and transcendent glory and blessedness never to cease. This thing is working something bigger for you. That this is the doctor called on you. It's working some big thing for you. That challenge you have in your family, God said it is working some big thing for you. That trouble you have at your workplace, the one they promised to fire yesterday, the one whose landlord told him, I don't want to see you next week, the one who they told you cannot have fees, the one whom they chucked last year, he says it's working for you a far weighty, immeasurable, excessively surpassing all comparison and calculations of vast and transcendent glory and blessedness never to cease. But verses 18, since we consider and look not to the things that are seen, for the things which are seen 
or are visible, they are temporary and brief. Why? Because everything you see is in the past. <laughs> Elbow somebody and tell them they are talking about me. Since you consider and look not to the things which are seen, but to the things which are unseen, for the things that are visible, they are temporal, they are brief and fleeting. They are past. The KJV says, while we look not on the things which are seen, but on the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen, they are temporal. But on the things which are not seen, he says they are eternal. God is saying, this glory can only manifest in your life while you look not. While you look not at the things which are seen, because he has defined everything you see as your past and everything you don't see as your present and future. And he said, everything you can see is temporal. If a doctor can go through with a microscope and look and see a virus, it has already become temporal. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. If a doctor can go through this thing and see, you see you have a, a rare genetic the fact that they could see it. I don't care whether science doesn't have its expired date. God has called it temporal. <laughs> the fact that you can see that you don't have money on that account. Oh, God has called that temporal. Anything that can be seen is temporal. Anything that can be seen is temporal. That's why many of us cannot function in the world of the things seen. The present world. Many of us, we live there, but we don't function there. Because everything in the present world is bound to die. It's bound to pass away. It's temporal. Oh, but the disease is going to kill me. If it kills you, it's still showing that it's temporal. Because when you die, even in you, it will die. You see? So, you have a choice. Either to refuse to look at it and kill it with revelation or wait for it to kill you either way it will die <laughs> glory to God glory to God that is the power that heals the sick we were in Chambogo one day and a bunch of crazy kids went to Mulago and picked a woman who had HIV and cancer who remembers that day and they brought a very little skinny, tiny woman like this in a chivera. It was like a bed, chivera. At first I thought it was a child in there. So I'm preaching, it was a bit dark, electricity had gone, we were surviving by some light. And as I'm preaching, I start to realize there's something folded in this little bed. And from there, I saw the most skinny woman I'd ever seen in my life. And so, I went and laid hands on her. And she stood up in her skinny bones and started dancing. So now in my head, I'm like, she's going to fall. She's going to fall. She's so skinny, so skinny. And she starts dancing. And she's speaking in a little voice. Bonye! Bonye! I'm healed! I'm healed! And she's dancing and dancing and dancing and dancing. Because she had not walked for many months. We knew faith had done something. A couple of months later, I'm preaching. 
And then this big healthy woman with cheeks and big thighs and like apostle. She said, you remember the other skinny woman? Yes. I went to the doctor, no cancer, no HIV. <laughs> what did faith do? Faith went into the past. Come on somebody. Faith went into the past and said, now cancer leaves. Now HIV heals. She's the most healthy woman I know. Still alive and kicking. Not on any drug. HIV negative and cancer free. Serving her God. Come on somebody. So now faith is. There is nothing in the past you can't change. There is nothing that is in your past that you can't change. That's why faith is now. Yeah, 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 you go, now, what? Yeah, but you see, they told me that you have to operate me now, what? Unbelief of faith. Oh, but you say, if, if I don't do this, then I'll die. Now, what? Oh, I feel stirred. I'm going to pray for incurable diseases. I want to pray for unchangeable things. If you came with flu, this was not your service. Go and swallow vitamin C. Hey, 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 hey. Oh, glory to God. If you owe someone 10,000 shillings, you're not the one I'm talking to. Because I want to pray for somebody that is going to set the next generation. Glory to God. I'm not praying for somebody with a pimple. Uh-uh. Tumor. Somebody shout amen, glory to God. Now. But remember what he said. While we look not. The problem is that you guys go back and introspect. You're living in your past. The pain comes. Ah, is this the virus the doctor said? Ah. Ha. They told me this was a sign. <laughs> when my uncle was sick, he had... Oh. I remember before my uncle got a heart attack, he felt the pain I'm feeling. I was told that it has to first prick you. <laughs> now! Somebody shout amen. Glory to God. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5, 7, we walk by faith and not by sight. The things that are temporal, we don't walk by them. We don't walk by what we see. We don't walk by what we feel. We don't walk by what the doctor says. We don't walk by what the economy says. We don't walk by what you see on your bank account. We don't walk, we walk by faith, not by sight. Because faith is the evidence of things not seen. If it is seen, it's not faith. Let me say it again. If you can see it, it's not faith. <laughs> we're talking about the world unseen that's where faith begins from if you're feeling better already that's not faith we're talking about that person who even before they felt better they saw that they were better they defined their present and arrested the present and refused to look back into the future regardless of what they feel what they see how they are their currency their accounts their, their debt issues regardless of whatever is in their house they're choosing to be in the present. The Bible calls it present truth. 
because truth is present. It's never absent. It's not in the past. He says, wherefore I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things, though you know them and be established in the present truth. Because truth is present. Truth is present. If you read the Amplified Version of the 2 Corinthians 5, 7 that I read, I love how he said it. He says, for we walk by faith. And listen to that first line. We regulate our lives and conduct ourselves by our conviction or belief. Nothing else. I regulate my life by what I feel convicted to do and what I believe. Nothing else. Nothing else. What do you believe? This, regulate your life like that. Build your life like that. Conduct yourself in where the conviction is and whatever you believe. And the Bible says, respecting man's relationship to God and divine things with trust and holy favor, thus we walk, not by sight or appearance. We don't walk by sight. We don't walk by sight. Let me say it the third time. We don't walk by sight. It is not there because you can see it. Because even if it's not there, but you can see it, it's there. <laughs> Who has understood what I just said? It's not there because you can see it. Neither is it not there because you cannot see it. I've seen people carrying diseases that don't exist. I worked in hospitals. I know. Somebody comes to the hospital and then we would test them and then say, you're suffering from this disease and they start falling sick, every symptom of that disease starts to manifest. The day they were diagnosed, the day somebody spoke into their future, they were diagnosed. And I'll never forget one day, one we called back and told her, no, it was a false positive. She healed immediately. But she came back with every sign, the power of words. They had to tell her, no, it's a false positive. You're actually negative. She healed immediately. But every sign of disease, she had even started thinking of writing her will. That's why they had organized students, they die next week. Before they knew they were okay, but the day they know, poop, 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 speed. Why? Because it's not there <laughs> only because they can't see it. Neither is it there because they can see it. Oh, the gospel is foolishness. It will not be there because you cannot see it. And it will be there because you can see it. Forget the things that are past. Stop living in your past. You know why some of you are poor? You're in your past. When they say, why do you say you're poor? I have no money on the account. That's a consequence of the past. That's why you're poor. That means the day you start telling people, I am not poor. That means you are now, now in the present. Some of you only live by the consequences of your past. You're not poor because you don't have money on the account. You're poor because you live in the past. You're not sick because you have a pain in your body. You're sick because you live in the past. You're not suffering with rejection because you are a bad person. You're suffering with rejection because you live in the past. When you look in the future, when you arrest your present, you cannot be rejected. We live by faith. We walk by faith. That's why the Bible says in Hebrews 10:38, and this is how I read it. 
I know how you read it, but let me tell you how I read it. I read it as, now, the just shall be live by faith. <laughs> okay, now I'm live streaming. Think about it. When they say, we are live on Manifest Television. We are live on YouTube. Faith is the thing that makes you live. Oh, no, no, no. Let me use your pragmatic one. Now, the just shall live by faith. Because some of you understand it from there. No, but some of us are now. Not just that, now. Not next week, now. Not next year, now. Not 20 years back, now. Not 15 years back, now. Not, not last week, now. The just shall live <laughs> by faith. Present continuous tense. The moment this broadcast is over, it will be a past broadcast. But when you get into that now thing, when you bring the operation of faith, every time faith is operational, you've put on a live stream. There is power operating to give you life and make things alive and living, spontaneously waiting for how you want to direct and command the next day. And if you live in that realm, you realize this one thing, that the liberties of the Spirit have not defined destinies as those written for men to fulfill, but rather for men to find how much free they were to create the world that they wanted to live in. And when you understand that that's true liberty, many of you will realize that the years ahead are up to you. They're not up to some random story that you had to die at 46 and so that's what the Lord said. No, they are entirely up to you. The Bible you read had men who got old and they said, now I can go and see God. <laughs> it has men who would say, now it's okay to take your servant for I have seen the salvation of Israel. Like he can't die. He's the one to accept to be taken. Paul is saying, I'm torn to stay in the flesh or to be with the Lord. Now, I will stay in the flesh for you. It's as if the man is telling you to live is by a choice. Do you understand what I'm saying? He says, I know how to be a best and I know how to be full. I'm both instructed. I know how to be rich. Paul says, he's not throwing his wealth to chance and waiting upon luck of some random Indian guy to come with a deal to make him rich. Nah, he knows how to be full. And he knows how to abase. Abase means to give out everything. For I'm both instructed to be full and to be hungry. Both to abound and to suffer need. So when it came to wealth, Paul didn't think about it as, you know, in this world, there are people who God gave and there are people who God didn't give. Nah. <laughs> Paul's reality is in this world, the instruction to make wealth has been availed by scripture. Now, you make the choice. Glory to God. And I wish one day I have time to explain this deeply, to realize that the future is not this thing that is sort of designed for you to enter and then adjust to its confines. But rather, you can actually start defining this world now according to the liberties that you have by God. Otherwise, I always tell people, wouldn't it be so conflicting and contradictory for God to say whatsoever you ask when you pray? He didn't he see the economy? Didn't he understand? that the Ugandan shillings against the dollar is struggling? 
Didn't he know that you were born in a third world country and that from your family, you came from a very poor family? Doesn't he know that you've looked for a job for five years? But he has still said, No! The just shall live by faith. And he says, But if any man draw back from that truth and reality, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. How do you draw back? By going back to the past instead of living in the present. Now, I'm going to give you an opportunity in a few minutes. And I want you to say, <laughs> oh, I'm already excited. The things some of you are going to speak. <laughs> Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Sharpen your tongues. Adjust your voice. Sharpen yourself. The things some of you are going to speak, they are literally going to cause an explosion in the spirit realm. I feel it. And what you're going to pray is about to make you dangerous. <laughs> what you're going to speak in a few minutes is going to make you so dangerous. But please promise me this. Please promise me this. Please promise me this. When you speak these words on your life, after speaking them, they're going to be as though they're the past. Do you understand what I'm saying? However, keep them life. Keep them life. If there's one gift God has given me through prayer, I pray like a live streamer. I don't touch anything in the past. I address everything as now. And whatever you're going to speak, I ask you, let it be like a planting. That from today, whenever you pray, you switch on your live stream. And let the world start to study you and realize that every time this woman streams, <laughs> her acoustics are speaking of the finished work of Christ. Her acoustics are speaking of everything good and perfect. They're acknowledging every good thing which is in her in Christ. And you tame your language. And every time you open your mouth to speak, if you can tame your tongue, that every time you open your mouth to speak, you're speaking in the now. And everything you're believing God for is finished. That's how I pray. I have never asked God for a jet. I bought it. And I thanked God. Now, when it manifests, it won't be the day I bought it or it was given me. No, I bought it long ago. I no longer ask for a jet. Stop somebody and tell them to tea, sir. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? I told people when I was earning very little money in the bank, I understood this mystery. And I wanted the car because I was tired of sitting on border borders. Yet the money they were paying me, I would need to borrow and pay that money in six years. And then I started my journey. I started live streaming. And every time I was alone and the car passes me, Zwa! I would say, oh Lord, you have bought me a Mercedes in that voice and my car was a Mercedes the first one I drove 
And from then on, I started singing cars into my life. And every car I've sung. <laughs> has appeared. Somebody shout hallelujah. I thank you for my house. I thank you for Fenero. <laughs> Thank you for manifest television, and everything of life streamed has appeared. The lamb have walked, the blind have seen, before flu was healed. And the lamb started walking, and the blind started to see. I am healed. I am healthy from the crown of my head to the soles of my feet. Kings are coming to my rising. Gentiles are coming to my life. Strangers are serving me. The greatest are listening to me. The wisest call me wise. Come on, let's live stream. <laughs> Open your mouth. And hallelujah, God reigns. Hallelujah, God reigns. Hallelujah, God reigns. I am wealth, I am glory in the name of 
of Jesus. I am progress. I am the spirit of advancement. I am the spirit of solution. I am an answer. I am wisdom. I am success. I am favor. The lame are walking, the blind are seeing, miracle signs and wonders. They are working on my life, they are working in my ministry. I am progressing. My body is a temple of the Lord. I cannot walk in sin, I cannot walk in addiction. In the name of Jesus.
broken is now and I don't care whatever has been in your past I want you to believe today that it has changed and if you believe that it has changed I want you to celebrate God like something has changed in your family like something has changed in your body like something has changed in your mind like something has changed in your marriage like something has changed in your finances like something has changed in your life like something has changed in your education like something has changed in your ministry like something has changed come on celebrate like something has changed You're healed, you're free, you're delivered, you're prosperous, you're progressive. God is using you. You're changing the world. You're shaking this nation. You're shaking the continent. You're shaking the world. You're not dying now. You have a lot of things to do for God already. Your marriage is working. Your children are progressing. Your boy is off drugs. Your daughter is off that madness. In the name of Jesus, your husband has returned. Your wife is restored. Somebody shout hallelujah. Now let me do one more thing before we close. Let me give an opportunity for those of you who want to receive Jesus. Wherever you are, you say, I want Jesus today. Just repeat these words after me from your heart. Say, Lord Jesus, I thank you for your word today. Now, my heart has believed that you died for my sins and you were raised for my glory. Today, I receive you as my personal Lord and Savior. I'm born again. Amen. This sermon has been brought to you by Fenero Ministries International. For more information, contact us on telephone number plus 256-200-999400 or email us at info at You can also find us on the web at www.fenero.org. Follow us on our social media platforms on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Subscribe to our YouTube channel at Fenero Ministries International. Or better still, feel free to join us every Thursday for our weekly fellowships at the Uma Upper Gardens from 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. and for our Sunday services at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. at the Uma Multipurpose Hall. Fenero, make manifest.